Polyhedron is a production of Simulacra Studios. You can find us on Twitter at SimulacraRPGs or at PolyhedronCast. If the visual medium is your thing, you can follow us at Simulacra TV on both Twitch and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash simulacrastudios and sign up to be a patron. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast. I am your host, Matthew. And as always, I have my two friends and two little black boxes. I got Scott. Hey there. And Ryan. I got nothing. I got nothing silly for this one, guys. I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. Clean. We're recording two hours later, and that means that we're fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, we're 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 in our mid we're in our late thirties, early forties. We're, we're all middle aged people, and I'm on drugs. Okay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. We're recording on the spooky day, the coolest day. I finished round handing out the candy, so that's that's where we are. Scott, how has your gaming and other in- entertainment been? Pretty good. I've been enjoying quite a lot of high quality TV. We're keeping up to date with Interview with a Vampire, which is very homoerotic, but also very good and, and spooky. I finished a show called Pantheon, which I believe we discussed, animated AI stuff. Gotta love it. I've watched the first couple episodes of The Peripheral, which is a William Gibson based show. Very good. And The Hot D is done. The House of the Dragon is done. So. I'm looking forward to our episode about that because yeah, that's gonna there's some shit to talk about. Uh, that will work. Uh, that that is on my docket of things to watch. I've just been kind of busy doing a lot of other stuff. Gaming wise, we've had a bit of a lull. I think the only recent thing we've had is D and D, and I've been spinning up my my short ter- short series of Aeon for Mech Pilot stuff. Oh, speaking of Mech Pilot, I also started watching the new Gundam called The Witch from Mercury. Which hmm. is pretty good because it has girls. Uh, Interesting. You know, it's not such a huge sausage fest, and I'm enjoying it. So you have your your so, so your Avangelion that you're uh, running. Yeah, Avangelion. Let's, let's let's not get a little little. Let's not get too too out of sorts here. <laughs> let me be too ambitious. So, well, okay. Don't get too loaded. Come on. No, no. Promise you were like, I'm playing my gun. Uh, I'm doing like a Gundam, like Mecha, Mecha Aeon game. I was like, oh, he's going to stick some Evangelion references in there. There might be a couple of Evangelion references in there. I'm sure there uh, are. Uh, you know, it, it's more of a of an 80s action kind of. Yeah, ro- more Robotech than anything else. A little bit else. more Robotech, you know, a little bit more Gundam. But you know what? There'll be some Ava in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't so realize who's, that... who's recording the annoying pop song that's going to play during every major space battle. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's Josh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> playing the wacky alien mascot character, so... Oh, because we have to have one of those. Yeah. And Ryan, how about you? How has your gaming and other entertainment been? Well, gaming-wise, I'm going to run Blades in the Dark tomorrow for the first time in a while, so that'll be fun. Yeah. We added Mo and Austin, which will... Get a, a oh, I didn't know we got Mo too. Yep, Mo and Austin. Okay, cool. Yep, it's gonna be fun. And yeah, other than that, we did do the D and D thing. That was fun. That's that's a Witchlight is such a fun game because we don't we win we just win real hard and it's mostly just the fun of winning real hard and being <laughs> real swag about it. Yeah, we're just we're, get, we're monsters. Yeah, we're very scary beings, and it's okay. That's why you know, that's why I'm like, well, after I do this. I'm retiring. <laughs> yeah. But most of my time has been spent watching TV and just like mostly watching TV, honestly, in the last weekend, just because it was spooky time. Watched 
all of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, all all ten episodes of that. I need to watch that. That that Ooh, is boy, it is. Woo-wee, it's good. I'll tell you, the one by Panos Cosmatos is. I mean, I say that honestly, yeah. honestly. After you're done with that one, you can completely skip the last episode. And with the viewing. Like, the viewing is the next to last episode. It's by Panos Cosmatos, the guy who did Mandy and Over yep. the Black Rainbow. Yep. It is next level insanity. Like, uh, it's I, fucking awesome. I, I had I was on Twitter the other day, and I knew about Cabinet of Curiosities by Del Toro, and I was like, okay, that's cool. And then somebody tweeted out, hey, Pentos Cosmos has his episode of this. Um, yeah. His version, I'm like, oh, oh, really? Oh, really? It's it's, it's his. Oh, we're gonna <laughs> sit- everything about it is very much his. Like the colors, the way the sound is done. Eric Andre and Kathleen Yi, I believe is her name, or Catherine Yi, does a pretty does a pretty fantastic job. I forget the name of the fellow, the other fellow. He played Don Economos in Peacekeeper, Peacemaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then the guy who's kind of the host MC is been in a million things and you've seen him a million times before and he's just just doing doing things as hard as he can it's good it, and uh, then uh, things go awry yeah and uh, it's awesome that has shot very hard up on my list now because... it's gooey i will tell you that there is some if there is some gross shit in that show like each one is done by a different director but like there's one about a person who gets maimed on a double dare style television show. Oof. Oh, and yeah, it's like, okay, okay, the maiming itself is pretty gross to watch. I will say that because you see the whole leg go the wrong way and get ripped off. But what's grosser is what happens next. Yeah. And, I'll tell, and I can't even, like, I, I can't say anything further than to spoil it, but just know it only goes crazier from there, y'all. Oh, and I also watched Barbarian on HBO, and that was pretty good. Yeah, that that movie takes a turn. I loved it. It but... was interesting. I actually wish they would have gone harder with some of the some of the other stuff, but you know, I think they got they did what they had to do. I think they they think they nailed it. I think they landed it. Like there is a real possibility that things would have gotten too too silly. Yep. If they had gone any further than they did. Because it was already harsh to watch. Like, it was already a hard watch. The first half of that movie is an incredibly tense experience. Oh, my God. The tension. Yeah. And then it just sort of goes and does what it's like. Oh, here's the actual story. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's just this very tense thing. And then it's like, by the way, the actual story is this. And it's also horrible. Yep. Like, and who boy. That's, that's definitely on my list. Watching yeah. Justin Long get messed around with the way he got messed Justin around Justin Long with, is just playing the worst asshole. He's so bad. He well, is just... He's... And he's saying all the... Th- he's... There are so many, like, dog whistles in the way he's talking about just the things he's done. And it's just like, well, I heard all these before. And the guy... And... and, 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 and People need to watch it. I don't want to spoil anything more because it kind of breaks breaks the tension. If you're if you if I say but anything more, it's a also the cops were understandably but frustratingly unhelpful. Yes, <laughs> the way the cops were unhelpful was too real for me. <laughs> and and it also like, also showcases the Rust Belt, everyone. Oh yeah, just Detroit 
and all of its wonders. But yep, out outside Detroit, how awful there, big uh, man. A bunch of Stardew Valley, but no one cares about that. Also watched VHS 99, which was pretty cool. Actually, that is all. I didn't know it was out already. I had I didn't know it was out, so I yeah. need to watch it because I've watched pretty much all of them. Well, you know how the other VHS movies, the through line isn't like super great. Like yeah. it's not really that big of a deal. Yep. Like I think the through line on ninety nine actually is cohesive and interesting. Oh, cool. And in that the tape itself, because it all runs instead of a series of tapes, it it's is one t- tape. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I like that and idea. That, that tape is obviously very cursed <laughs> for all the things that it has done and seen mm-hmm. like for have been recorded on it like uh, it's a yeah, bad tape <laughs> yeah the last vhs started losing me i i did, hadn't finished it all the way through yeah um, i think i watched I, vhs2 and that was all right and then i started watching try to watch vhs viral and that was just like bleh. yeah it's, it's not bad it's just very different super mad it's, it, it, it was still it's super and it it, it very different styles in each of the episodes. All right. But if there's nothing else for my game entertainment, uh, we'll talk a lot. No one asked you, Matt. No one wants to know. Fine. 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 We're moving on to the news. Nope. No. What are you watching? Yeah. Move. Fuck on. Tell me what you're watching. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll be talking a lot about what I've been watching in the main topic. I think I mentioned that I've seen the latest Hellraiser. I think most of us, if not all of us have. It's very, very good. But I will. Okay, man, I just realized that could have been our topic, but you hadn't seen it, so I'm not going to. This could be uh, us. This could be us. Scene of torture sex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't see how anything you would tell me about that movie would spoil it. Like But it's still it very in context of the other ones, yes. In uh, yes. the ways that it is different. Yes. I see. Okay, I'll I'll try to give it. There's a There's more week, of so. a hu- human cogent story. Yeah, I mean, I'll, okay, I'll save any questions I have, or well, I'll we'll, save we will get to it. it. We apologize. I mean, this is what happens when we don't plan ahead very well. But regardless, I've been running my game. Life has been utterly kicking my ass, and that's just how the way the cookie grumbles. But I did get a 3D printer. I've started right. doing all that. It's super rad. It is super fun. Relatively, I mean, it is a small startup fee, but once it gets going, it's already paid for itself. So I'm happy about it. I'm and I'm haven't done it, but I'm looking forward to God of War Ragnarok. Oh yeah, uh, is is about a week away from recording. I can't wait. I pre-ordered it. I'm ready to be a dad again and see where this story takes me. Boy, 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 boy. I started playing the the first of the the Dad of Boy series. So yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, understand yeah. what you motherfuckers are talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty huh? good. You want to throttle Trace? I mean, I already can tell he's a little shit. Uh, he's not entirely a little shit, but he gets a little worse and then he gets he better. not ready. Oh, that, yeah. that has been made very clear, that the fact that the boy is not ready. Well, <laughs> you are here. But you must make him ready. That is that is the duty of a father. And the journey. But regardless, we're going to go on to the news. There's not much news, but there is some news. Dragonlance, everyone. Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Right around the corner. They dropped a little bit of a hint. Lord Soth, the one of the big, big bads of the Dragonlance universe is getting sort of an upgrade, a sort of a facelift. He can ride and make and ride death dragons now. So that's cool, whatever that is. So there, there's a lot going on. So I would definitely look that up if you're into Dragonlance. I think I'm definitely going to look to it. I like Dragonlance. It's got a very different feel 
Never Forgotten Realms, very old school feel. The Scion God Kickstarter is still going on, so please go check that out. I'm eager to see. They've already previewed a few things of like the general guidelines of this is what you do as a god and how you're supposed to like invest in things for long-term machinations to make changes either in your divine realm or in the the real world or the that, school. that sounds like a very difficult game to run for an extended period of time i i i they use a lot of, they take liberties with scale scale is like the big way they do this because they're like yeah if you do most things inside your preview you automatically have scale five or six mm. like you just do like because you're a god like we don't need to break down roles like but they even said like but if your character wants to challenge themselves and think like they want to put effort behind something they can and they can start rolling some dice because there are stories of like upstart young people trying to challenge the gods and sometimes they win and sometimes they don't sometimes you gotta give them a smack yeah, sometimes. Smack. Yeah. And then the next big thing that has happened, Justin Keeley of World of Darkness fame ha- did a big old Q&A on his, the World of Darkness Discord about Werewolf 5th Edition. And somebody has was kind enough to sort of copy-paste all the questions and direct answers in a big old deck. We're not going to go over everything. We're just going to hit some of the highlights. This gave us a much clearer picture of the direction they are going in for W5, mm-hmm. which is they're basically ripping a lot of the eugenics aspects of Werewolf, like right out the gate. That's probably um, good. One of the biggest thing, it is the most controversial thing in that they're almost completely breaking with previous canon. We've mentioned this before, but it was reiterated multiple times they in this are Q&A. and they aren't. That's the weird part. I mean, it is very much like, it is very much a game that is, you know, has a lot of the same guts and gas of Werewolf the Apocalypse, but they, I think they, they're saying that it's a clean break from canon because they needed to change so many fundamental things. Yes. So, I mean, it's along the lines of you can, I, I use this this phrase a lot when dealing with it, like between first and second edition of the Trinity games, you basically have to do backwards narrative math. Yeah. You basically like take everything you know about Werewolf the Apocalypse, change and remove everything that they are changing and removing from fifth edition and write that backwards on what you know about previous editions. Right. And And it will make sense. It will make more sense. Now, this is sort of a ship of Theseus problem in my mind mm-hmm. of if you keep changing the thing, do you really have the thing that you started with? With V5 in that they kept that measure of continuity and they had a fairly elegant explanation of why things had started changing and that they decided, well, we're just going to break it for werewolf and not for vampire makes me... I don't think they really had a choice when it came to werewolf because there was more eugenic shit. Yeah. Like, and, and we live in the year of our Lord 2022 coming on 2023 and that shit just is not going to fly. Yeah. I mean, like no one's going to like, if you think all the nonsense that we had to put up with about like fascist dog whistles and other shit in V5. Yeah. It would have been a real problem. It would have been a huge problem. It would have been a real hard day to... Uh... I, I hate it because there are some interesting narrative concepts to play around with in Werewolf 
that ran into those those concepts, ran into those ideas. But because we've got shithead people who yell on the internet now, we're not allowed to have those things directly because they're shitheads on the internet yelling. Also um, shit, although unfortunately there's also shitheads with tiki torches who say I won't replace them. That's yeah. really the bigger problem. Yeah, well, I, I, I totally not, get it. I, I'm just saying like, Today, here in 2022, fine. No. If we beat this whole Nazi issue, if we beat this Nazi issue down again, like we like we did last time, maybe then we can talk about you know bloodlines and the strength of one's blood again. Without you know, have a nice yeah. eugenicsy game without the the pall of you know Nazis and shit. But maybe no, for the next 15 I, I, years, we're out. Speaking speaking of Nazis and shit, they basically Justin finally sort of confirmed the get are the they haven't it hasn't 100 percent it but he has confirmed that they are one of the fallen tribes yeah they um, haven't fallen directly to the worm no they've fallen to i i a new concept a new concept which is basically it's it's the opposite of harano we, we discussed this before because they've teased this before it is being totally totally into your rage uh yep. and the way he described it is they are fighting the worm wherever they see it and wherever it dwells and they see it everywhere and yeah. if you aren't down to fight them where they see the worm, then you're part of the problem. Right. They they have like this curse of 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 like proaction. Like they have to constantly do the thing. So that makes them extremely unstable. So, so that... it's almost like a pathological alongside their rage is the need to like find basically they have to re- make it the worm scare. Like it's yeah. the worm, every the worms everywhere. So my my this actually brings up a little bit of incongruity, and I, it may be a thing that gets explained better. Is they've they've done a lot of talking about how tribes are are they're not connected to bloodlines, they're not connected to, to like literal families. They're more about a calling. They're more about your calling to a totem spirit and a, and a shared ideology of you know what you need to do in service of Gaia. And yet an entire one of them has fell, fallen to this condition. Yep. <laughs> like they all just did it. What uh, I think which, it has to do with the it has to do with the totem itself. It maybe. probably has to do with Fenris itself that it fell. A couple of the Possibly. other things. Well, my, my, I had some thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah. Along the lines of like maybe when this happened, there were Get who got out mm. and were absorbed into other tribes, and like maybe if you fall into this condition despite not being a part of the get like the get will take you in and like that 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 would make sense and, and it is but... possible to that people newer werewolves can fall to the get mm-hmm. in that their actions and their predispositions lean them to that spirit and that makes them go down that terrible path they also talked a lot about this is more of like pulling the putting the veil back and not answering a lot of the questions like we don't know where werewolves came from. We don't really know how they're made or how they become them. Kin, they're no kinfolk. They just call them kin. These are just people who may have the ability or might become werewolves. Mm-hmm. That is it. That is all. They make no mention about metis and how it works. Parts well, of that. There, there are no metis. There are no metis. No metis whatsoever. And, Which... and it's also, it's not clear of like, if two werewolves, they just have a kid like is nothing special or unique about it one way or the other i would would imagine since there are no kinfolk that they they interbreed 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which makes that way it makes it more mysterious of like what makes a person into a werewolf or have the potential to be a werewolf. I actually really like this Achille because somebody mentioned something about like like are do you have to bite them to make them a werewolf? Like that's a practice that some do when they find kin around so to, as to put them in a stressful situation to make them change. Not that the bite itself is what causes them to change. And <laughs> I actually like that. Explanation. Been bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually really like that explanation of one does not beget the other. And well, it's just, let's, let's get that, that adrenaline flowing. Right. There are talks. There are other changing creatures in the world. that are not going to be in the main book. They're going to have are, some in the antagonist section. So yeah, some are in the antagonist section and they're thinking maybe later on they will present some information about playing some of the other ones that exist the umbra is very distant but you can get there and it's more like analogy like not analogy what's the word i'm looking for symbolic yeah it's very it's they're doing away or 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 lessening the idea of like mystical realms in the umbra Mm -hmm. it's much more the penumbra the shadow of the real world is really the meat of what the Umbra is. They're re revising sort of Pentex in that it's a corporation that understands the animistic nature of reality and therefore it's aligning itself to to make the world a certain way. Yeah. Because it understands that truth. And it's even further back in the shadows. Yes. Like it it does not do things. Its subsidiaries so, do, do things. So it's the Illuminati. Yeah, kind like, of. A, little, a little more obvious than that, but yes. Also, a lot less werewolves uh, around. Um, it's going to be very pack-focused, like we mentioned. You may be the pack who has a sept, and you protect that sept. The concept of the Guru Nation is dramatically lessened. It's a thing that was like, used to be a thing, or it's called upon by the elders going, you should do this for the for Guru Nation, but what does that mean? Is it an actual entity, like entity as we understood it? Not really. It's well, I, I if if what I'm thinking happens happened is that a lot of the elders died. Oh, absolutely. Like a lot of the elders died. A lot of them went out big damn heroes, and it still wasn't enough. Probably because they were fighting unnecessary battles for pride and pride and honor. Or if you want to tell the opposite, they did die big damn heroes and. But their victory got got us what we're we're still here mm-hmm. now. Like they they gave you they bought you a little bit more time, even though things have gotten worse. They said that the concept of gnosis isn't a thing anymore. It's yep. all based off renown. Yep, noun, uh, rage, willpower. And they've codified that gifts are not things that your character does. They are things that spirits do on your behalf because mm-hmm. you have earned their favor which i like that i like they codified that a little bit more it's not an internal thing and it's an external thing which means plays up the relationship patron spirit as we said tribe is very important spider is now the patron of glasswalkers which is makes them even more on the weaver's end they talked a lot about more about like this more specifics of like what's going on with the various tribes like black furies and in like the concepts one of the things they did is tribes are more like the how you do it and auspices no how what outlook you have and then auspices are more like how do you go about doing that thing they gave you another set of verbs for the various auspices and the auspices is also based on the moon when you first change not when you're born 
which is very cool. I, I, I do like that. Ultimately, what I'm getting with this is it feels again they're trying to put a they're trying to take out the problematic elements and leave trying the core elements in there. Put a lot of Forsaken in there. I don't know if it's going to be a very clean break and it's not going to be as elegant, and that's probably what's going to bother me the most. That doesn't have to be new it, edition, new, new new shit, man. I I know, but it's one of those things. If if it's a new thing, it should be a new type of game. It's like a holistic approach. Because if you try to half-ass one, one, a new thing, but also try to keep it, unless you're very good at this, it can feel like it's 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 half as good as it should be. Well, I would say reserve your judgment until you actually read the book, because, you know, those folks need no. to know what they're doing. No, I, I, I will sit down and I will happily read it, and I will give them my money. I Will I think it's a poor product? No, probably not. It just may not be entirely the jam that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's my opinion. And it, 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 but if somebody pretty rocks it and is all about it, go right ahead. Who am I? To, I can't stop you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. So that's where I'm sure we're going to get some more news. And probably means probably I'm see Q2. We're going to see book. Q2 is in 2023. We're going to see the book. All right. So we're going to shift gears real quick and we're going to go into the main topic, which is not very spooky, but it does deal with people with a lot of makeup on, a lot of costumes. It's called the Orville, everyone. It's been around for a while. Late to the party. Yeah. But at least I've arrived. You know, New Horizons just came out. Yeah. (laughs) So the Orville was Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy and and others fame. His take on Star Trek. Uh, Specifically Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, Star Trek Next Generation. It is very much that show, but redone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Bones is is very 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 similar to it. The first season started off very much as a wacky comedy version of Star Trek, mm-hmm. which is interesting as to why because we've gotten some some interesting comments from the creators of they made it that way because the studio made them make it that way. I, I thought that was it. Like I didn't hear that, but like if I had to make my guess as to why they did it that way. It was like, well, Seth MacFarlane's funny haha poo poo man. Yeah. Uh, so. they, they were, they were, they, they expected Family Guy in space, and that's kind of what it was. And it was okay. But it was, it was good enough that they were able to say for season two, we want to start making it our way, which Seth MacFarlane did not want to make Family Guy in space. No. He wanted to make, a funny Star Trek-like show when if there were to be jokes, they would be in line with the, you know, the story and the script. They would come about organically and he could also address ser- more serious topics. And oh boy, that's exactly what the fuck he did. So I want to comment, season one, and part of it is the, a little bit of the, not the drama, but the back end is also when he was doing this, he didn't want to get sued. <laughs> they just straight up didn't want to get sued by the people who own the rights to Star Trek. So he had to make it funny because he had to tell everyone it's a parody. And he had to say that loud enough and long enough, aka a season or so, that everyone could, okay, he's just doing his funny parody thing over there. And then he secretly just started re-changing the script to be less, like, overtly, like, gag funny. And more like, we're actually doing Star Trek The Next Generation now. Just, Just so everyone knows, that's what we're doing now. And... Now it's got enough clout and enough like fans behind it, and 
people are like, oh, it's it's good. And plus, Star Trek is doing really well on its own. Mm-hmm. Like, it's doing just fine. That the Orville can exist, and I'm happy for it. Like, in, in, in season two and into season three, oh boy, does it get weird. Yeah. There was a big gap between season two and season three, partly because of the pandemic. Yep. And they changed, like, studios, and their platform changed a couple of times. So, yeah, where season two was this nice mix of funny and serious and good sci-fi, season three does not fuck around. Nope. And it is so good. Yep. So the reason we're talking about this is I've recently binged the living bejesus out of the Orville from season one to season three because it's on Disney Plus right now. And and Scott and Ryan recommended it to me. And I started watching it going, oh, this is kind of funny, but it's a little gross at times. And I'm the jokes are a little obvious, like I see them coming. But the characters are grow and are interesting. As Scott has put it to me, it's truly an ensemble show like Seth MacFarlane mm-hmm. plays the captain and Seth MacFarlane does not necessarily just on out of the gate inspire me as a captain no he's he he's, he's kind a passable of di- he's a passable bureaucrat on a yeah, and, and diplomat and diplomat yeah what's interesting about this is and this is the feel I get from Orville overall is this feels a little bit more like a little bit more bad five a little more if we had the federation people in the Federation humans would probably act like this. This is probably how their world would would operate. There's going to be some slubby people. They're kind of just normal people doing the thing. Now, they have ideals, and they have aspirations, and they want to do better and have that classic sort of Federation idea of, like, we can be that we should be the most of who we are. But in, but just still being normal people who have hobbies and like things and like get drunk way too often because you can make alcohol at any moment at any time. And there's very little in the way of consequences for poisoning yourself. Yeah. Right. With, with ultra med- super medicine that can fix damn near anything. Zero scarcity, zero, you know, and they examine that a fair yep. bit actually. Um, which I appreciate more than Star Trek ever did. They actually sat down and go, "Oh no, reputation is now the currency of the future." Like, also, I do appreciate it. it's like you have this technology. Why don't you just hand that? It's like, oh, because everyone would just literally murder them each other with it. We know for a fact that if we were to give this to the wrong group of people, they will just make weapons and annihilate themselves in a year. That, that's actually answered almost at the end of season three. That's like one of the last episodes. They don't call it the prime directive, but it's the prime directive. Yes. Yeah. They, they, and I also appreciate that they're like, we have laws in what they call the, uh, was it the union? The, the, yeah, yeah. the planetary union. The planetary union of it's, it's literally a, a, a Congress. It's a Congress of worlds that come together under the banner of the union. And they're like, we have laws, but we have to compromise those laws for for good and for, for ill all the time because we have to try to work together. They um, the 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 main plot along that along those lines of like planetary politics and complicated has to do with this race called the Mocklins. Yes, which and... is like episode two of season one. We get we get slammed as starting that plot line off. Yes, we do. It is a very uncomfortable plot line at times. 
Yes. And they don't shy away from it. It's, you know, get you got to get ready. You got to prepare yourself some, for some, some straight up misogyny in that. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's rough stuff, man. And like, I mean, and I, I respect ugh. them for not doing the, oh, we're going to do this, but with men. Yeah. Uh, you know, men being the, the, the second class citizen. Nope. Mm-mm. No, we, we get that later, but not nearly as examined as it is in the Mocklins, because the Mocklins are essentially at the b- very beginning when you're introduced to them. Oh, that's these are your Klingon analogs. We're just taking it to a weird, funny degree. They're they're awkward. They're stoic, but they all have one gender. Like they're all supposed they're all, to be. They're all specifically male. They're all specifically male, but it's very, very quickly explain that that's not entirely the case it is a cultural thing there are females in their species but due to something that's something they haven't really explained and i want them to go through that to explain a little bit more of that of why but they're like females everyone should just be male well they're females are a minority yes uh, like they, they are there's not because they can because they can breed with within a sex yes it's not a it's not an even distribution no uh, females are very rare and when they are born in in a in a lot of lovely little parallels of, of you know terrible things that we do to kids who we don't think are born right right you know various various reasons various allegories they are surgically altered to be male and that is a long running and heartbreaking plot line that, that ends pretty well i'd say that ends you know as best as it could be Except I don't think Clyden gets to come back. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Clyden should get to come back. I'm actually okay with no. I'm. I'll argue. Part of the storyline is Clyden is the two Mocklins. The two main Mocklins are are peoples. Is it was Clyden and Boris. Boris, who's the main Mocklin? He's the second lieutenant on the ship. Essentially, third in command. Great officer. He has a mate named Clyden. And they're introduced. They're very funny and interesting interactions. And Clyden's the worst. But Clyden, as the show goes on, is seen more and more as this hardliner for the Mocklin perspective because... Just the analog to just the right-wing churchy, like, no, this is how it's done and it is correct. Because they don't have like a religion, they call it tradition. Like that, that's, it's like you do things, if you're a Mocklin, you do it the Mocklin way period end of story yeah but Clyden they 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 have a child the child was born female and there's a big debate and even a Mocklin trial about what should be the fate of the female and things don't go what we would consider a good way and it is part of source of tension and friction between Bordas and Clyden the entire time it culminates Clyden leaves but then Clyden after some things happen comes back and is extremely remorseful for what he has or what he did. Although I will say, I don't think I've laughed harder than Addis and Clyden like reaffirmation of their wedding vows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty funny. <laughs> uh, one of the co- one of the one of their crewmates because they part of the shtick of the show is it's a small ship, so everyone gossips. Mm-hmm. So if anything happens, everyone's and everyone gets to know about it. And one of them just comes like, I think we just witness the sexual assault like that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's their ritual it's a, it, oh, sure it, it involves it's them sure. stripping down naked and hunting one of them hunts the other hunts the other but the other one has to fight them off mm-hmm. like that is it's part of it yep. it's the rules man like that's the rules 
They seem to enjoy it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're in. Everyone oh. seemed on board with what was going on. So well, it, no, it was no consenting. Everything. Well, everyone was consenting that <laughs> people had to watch this. I'm a little. Okay, well, that's that. That is not part of it. Like, that's <laughs> not okay. Making someone else watch that. Well, they only had to watch cool. the initial like, like, like Fair beginnings right. of it, not the not the the consummation. But it's still. It's supposed to be funny, right? It's supposed to be ridiculous and funny. Aliens. Yes. Uh, speaking of aliens, we, 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 hey, they do not shy in the show, though they use them sparingly, of a lot of weird looking aliens. We got ourselves a CGI blob monster who's yep. hilarious. Rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. Aw. Yep. And we have like big puppets. We have people with huge amounts of makeup on. A lot of people with less makeup on. The lions are neat. They're, yep. they're like, they're kind of like super strong space elves. Yep. Because, yeah. But they explain it because they're from a huge gravity well of a world, so they grow up in high gravity. And they are, but they're like superhumanly strong. Like, right. yeah. throw cars and shit. And that they know? have, their main, like, they have two different characters represent this race, and they're, they're very similar looking. Like, they're both small, black-haired women. They, they... I think there was something with a contract or someone got another opportunity and they had to leave the Some, show. Something happened and we've never got any clear details on it. But both characters are interesting and, and distinct enough, even though <laughs> they are visually very similar. Yes. Which is a weird choice. But yes, they are. It's it's the small woman, big, strong. Yes. Uh, Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. But but the, but they're not, but they're not remiss on it. There's never, they're, like Seth MacFarlane and the others don't like, don't make comment about it other than Seth makes an endearing comment to the first head of security of, can you or open this jar of pickles for me when she needs her to basically rip open a bulkhead? Mm-hmm. And it's really way. cute and endearing. Um, What's but- also cute and endearing is when the second Salayan character and the <laughs> chief engineer yes. are dating. Oh, and, they're, no. and one of the B-plots yes. is that she fucks him so badly that it breaks his like shoulders, hips, and ribs. Like he is, he's he's, he's lucky you. He's lucky you have miracle magic, yeah. like miracle like, science well, medicine. He, he keeps himself to explaining it. Like he keeps yeah. have to coming up with excuses for it. And it's like it's actually kind of heartbreaking. Of like these are two people who are very clearly into each other, but they she, cannot be yep. together. It's not uh, safe. It's like, not, you not have to wear and, like inhibitor suit or something. No, like, and the problem is there isn't, and that's what's in the thing. Their their science goes many like outrageous areas, mm-hmm. but some things cannot necessarily be easily overcome. And that's what I like about it because there are limitations. We get another completely inhuman race, the 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 Galon, the Kalon. Kalon. Which are that is a fascinating storyline. Is a lovely storyline about basically take our data storyline, but with no humanity, no no inherent intrinsic mission to become human. But this Kalon is trying to become human. Like no, he's, is he's learning about to, humanity. He's learning no. about humanity, and and through the course of things, he changes and grows. Yep. But the story of his people are very it's very layered it's very interesting like it's horrific in some places yep Yep. and where it ends up at the end of season three is kind of fascinating and and the question is like if you were just gonna it's the detroit become human problem Mm -hmm. that i that i it's like okay if you were gonna make slave robot slaves why did you make them super duper sentient and feel and like feel stuff that just seems cruel 
<laughs> like well, you, that, that's that's I think there was an episode that that sort of detailed out how those decisions came about, and it was capitalism. Yep, yeah, it was super. It would have it would have cost more to make them not steal. Well, no, <laughs> it wasn't going sense. to be as an effective product. Yeah, that it, was the thing, and they're like. And if it wasn't, if we don't put this product out as effectively as possible right now, our competitors will. And we gave them the ability to feel pain because their burgeoning sentience was a problem. Yep. Uh, so and we this, punished And this them. was the most cost-effective way of correcting that behavior. We preempted, we preempted the, we knew what the problem was going to be, so we preempted it to create a controlling mechanism. Yeah, we basically just put it, you're born with a shock collar in your neck. Congratulations. You're a product. My only, my only critique in that entire story, why do you guys still look human? If you're like full machines and you really didn't give a shit about your your biological origins and the people, uh, why upright, are you still bipedal? Upright bipedalism and bilateral, bilateral symmetry is actually a pretty pretty kick-ass design choice. Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean the tail also, didn't seem to need help. Also, yes, but that's, that's the kicker. It's a show. They're, yeah, Yeah, it's really way harder to like they're not going to have like the wheelies from Return to Oz running around. But they're but all of the characters are really like I said. It's a ensemble because every episode deals with some combination of the of the crew. Just sort of like a normal Star Trek episode, but they go into a little more heart and effort. One of the main like constant reframes of the show is that the captain and his first first officer were used to be married. Oh yeah, um, and, and I, I'm kind of glad they dropped pretty... that as like a thing that came up terribly often mm-hmm. like for a while like it did it, but then it came back hard like yeah but it was fine like yeah, it wasn't they handled like it, it fairly well i mean it, it's a very mature handling of that subject yes which, you know it, it, it's it's kind of one of those of the conceits of the show because i don't think anyone with a brain cell would ever allow that situation to happen in the military in the yeah. military of any sort you do not put people who were who are currently in a relationship or were in a relationship in a into a command structure like no that. no no yeah but this is the this is the super is the hippie woo woo future though yeah yeah they can they can deal with that and, and if there's anything we know about the union early on is that they're not militarily very good That's like true. they're not yeah. very effective at their job they keep they have to ally themselves with the mocklins who you know basically suck like yeah. as a, as a culture, like their culture is garbo, and yeah. but only because of the weapons they have and yep. the threat, the the threats external. Uh, and I have to because I knew we were going to talk about the Orville. I have to mention Adrian Palaki Padalaki is a gorgeous woman. She is because she she has a she has she's one of these women that like she can look very professional and very but when she dresses up and and, and sort of puts puts a lot of effort into it. Man, you just can't take your eyes off of her. Yeah, He's there's just... a Susan Ivanova. Mm-hmm. To her. Yep. But yeah, it's so good. I mean, the the various storylines, like the things that like the storylines that go throughout the show, because they very rarely drop something. No, everything is always used in reference later, which is very cool. They have so many different stories. Like the one big time travel story that they did. Didn't Holy make me want to die. Oh, yeah, that 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 one sucked. I I totally I I watched that. It was like the next episode after you guys talked yeah. to me about it, and I watched it and going, well, that was unpleasant. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't remember the last episode or wasn't listening to the last episode, there's a specific episode we were just like, hey Matt, 
it's gonna feel bad <laughs> and you get to watch someone you care about beg for their fucking life because of how and time in the most works. desperate like he's lived there 10 years he has a family why can't you give me this you're going to literally erase us and i will never know that i these i ever existed that i had this happiness in my life and like a true g like they did what they had to do they erased that timeline that happened and when they talked to the guy about it malloy the character who they rescued and he was like yeah i totally get it that's so sad though oh (laughs) no what's funny about that is i during the they're like oh they go back in time again they go back in time again i was like okay they're gonna rescue him but they'll never tell him what happened they'll never do it and then five seconds later they're in the conversation talking i'm like okay well you ed mercer the captain of the ship are are you're, you are the better man you're you a good told man for your doing best that. friend what the hell you had to do and you owned up to anything he had to say about the situation and mercifully because he himself went through the same training and hadn't been through all the trauma that yep. led to that other timeline he's like no i totally get it must have sucked though yeah he's <laughs> yeah, like, like you did the, hard... the same thing <laughs> yeah ed, well ed was like his buddy uh, gordon gordon was like you had to literally do one of the hardest things you've ever done like that i could not have done that like he's explaining to him how hard of a choice it is how oh the you... the Kalon that we talked about earlier his name's isaac oh, i forgot yeah, isaac, yeah yeah oh good isaac friend yep. isaac best bot except for the small time he killed thousands of people by accident totally by accident yep no, yep. no totally on purpose oh totally uh, and uh so... why, like by the way there's a lot of like okay so one of the big problems with season three is proportionality issues yeah in terms of how people react to certain people doing certain things right it's like no one at any point is there's a couple points where like people will die it's like i'm just gonna point out that like you're literally standing next to a genocidal maniac like a guy who literally like yeah he apologized and shit and he's like a family man now but he totally killed thousands of people well he also kind of didn't he also kind of couldn't go against his programming on that he was being forced by his hive mind kind of yeah, that's 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 one of the sort of the buys you get with the Kalons, but that's also one of the suspicions that they have about the Kalon. It's like we cannot understand you because you don't react like normal sentient biological life forms. Mm-hmm. We can't read you, and so if you decide to do a certain thing, there's no way for us to predict that you will do the thing. Well, sure. I mean, they have to go to true extremes. They essentially have to put this race into the fuck barrel before yes. they can be negotiated with. Yeah. Well, the the. Not, I mean, the reality of the situation is it's like, okay, kiddos, we've got the genocide button. We are opting not to use it, but we can at any time, and you can't stop us. So, are we going to talk now? And the Kalons, to their credit, were like, absolutely, yes, we will be your allies now. Oh, well, well, they were like, first they were like <laughs> logicking it out. They're like, this is the logical, this is the logical, okay. rational perspective like, of how the, to do this. Well, and they, 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 they saw it in the context of their history of like, Okay, well, the biologicals have got us on the fuck barrel again, and we can't do anything about it. We'll so. just have to wait till we have the upper hand. We mm-hmm. can wait, and and that's also a great examination of what what power, and like using power to get something that is unreconcilable to become reconcilable again, is so that they can understand, so you can be on an equal footing. Because before then, the Kalon were definitely had the upper hand, mm-hmm. and. That was the problem because the Kalons didn't have to look outside themselves because they had the upper hand. The scene where they first tested the the genocide bomb. Yep. That was a harrowing scene. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like people like seeing what it is that they were capable of doing. And that well, and they had the I am become death. Like mm-hmm. oh, they had that moment. They had the very it's like, okay, well, we now have a super weapon that only targets our enemies, and we can do any time, and we would just genocide them, and it'd be done. They'd be gone forever. And and and, and the then, then, then the complicated plotline of the admiral that has been over had been throughout all three seasons. Yeah, Ted sort of, Ted Danson, good guy, had been like, I have to give this weapon to the evil people that I know that will use it because we the 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 union I keep calling calling the federation and is that that's not him the the union won't be what he considered bold enough to push that button and yeah. it's it it's it's a high, like when I was revealed that he betrayed him but then he was like I then I now I am going back to the union and facing my the my the consequences for my actions I'm I was going like, to a relatively comfortable prison. Yeah. For all of the rest of my existence. For the rest of my life, I will be in a very hospitable and reasonably spaced and styled prison. Because I will is... be in prison because I don't get to hang out anymore. Yeah. Yep. This, this is space social. Uh, but I thought it was, I was like, holy shit. Look well, at the balls on you. It there, also really they... does an examination of the mad dog, right? Like the idea of a mad dog. Like mm-hmm. a person or a thing who's so dangerous, so rabid that the only thing they understand, the only way you can like get them to pay attention is by an act of just overwhelming violence or the threat of overwhelming violence to shut them down. And when is it okay to do that? Like, at what juncture are they so dangerous and so unreasonable that you have to just be like, I'll fucking shoot you. Please stop. <laughs> and that was the big dilemma. That was the ultimate dilemma. The the Do we push the button or not? And in the end... The person who wanted to push the button the most w- chose not to push that button and chose to save the Kalons, which ultimately made the Kalons reconsider their position. And the other race that we haven't really talked about are the like the the krill, the krill, yeah, like kind of the the Romulan. Card- I, I kind of got them as the Romulans slash Cardassians. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. More the Romulans because of all the weird bio stuff, biotech stuff that they do. Yeah. No, they don't do biotech stuff. They just do. Aren't they the ones who came up with the literal skin? Yeah, suit? they are. They do genetically pretty, pretty model. Like, they did do that, but suit. but when I think bio, I don't think of that. I think of the uh, weird spider people we got introduced to in season three for one episode. Yeah, that was fucking cool. But um, yeah, these guys are like religious fanatics. They believe that they are the ultimate form of life, and that you know they are they are bound by their god to eliminate Evis. or subjugate lesser races. To, to for them to do a thing is their divine right to do it. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of self-justification and everything, and their yeah. god looks like the literal devil to anyone else. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they have statues of them. Uh, but we and... meet a character that's infinitely fascinating. Oh, yeah. She's a fascinating character. She's a, like, that's that's where we get a lot of, like, captain plot, because he deals yes. with them in various ways, and, like, he gets a through line with some of them characters that are just... It's a beautiful story. Like, it's a beautiful, tragic story. Tragic story. It's like the story where Ed is like a new person into his life. He thinks he's he's going to move on from Kelly, his, his ex, and he's going to do it. And then he turns out, wait, she's been a krill in disguise the whole time. But they had like multiple months relationship with each other. 
and they when they they keep running into each other in their Ugh. galactic actions and it's always it's complicated yeah. it's and super she fucking sucks yeah like, she's, oh, she's she, awful like, she 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 there's there's moments where she could have redemption but then she becomes she becomes space trump oh yep. yeah she space trumps it real hard and i will say kudos to them for just being like okay they're doing a fascism over here in over here in ultra capitalist land but it's not the same type of thing exactly that's happening right now. No, we, and also there's a like, little more. There's a little bit more nuance to it. Yeah, there's a, and and also because of the complex nature that that character has to Ed and her relationship with him makes it more interesting to watch than just being oh you're straight up and down the black the bad guy. Man, it's like no Ed you're Ed the bad guy. But simp though Ed is such a simp for her though he. He well, lets he, her push him way too. Like, well, he is a he is a true believer in the union's perspective. I, I get it, and someone has to be, but he and but it's like, bro, after the third time. What <laughs> like, I loved, I loved her justification. I loved Come her. On, I loved her justification. I absolutely loved it. She was like, "You killed my brother and the entire crew by turning the UV rays up," which is super clever, by the way. I loved loved like like that little like weakness that they have. Mm -hmm. And like you murdered my entire ship in front of me, you made them all literally burn to death, and you let us live and watch. Yeah, I mean that was pretty like, fucked up too. When they had and I'm like, and it's like, well, you're gonna murder and fire plant a million people, and then that's where the conflict of perspectives and personhood come in. Because it's like, yeah, I saved your life, and she's like, no, you didn't. You just made us watch you murder everyone we actually cared about. <laughs> no, you just traumatized me and let me go. Like, yep, yeah. Whether so I'm it's... alive right now or not is completely up to interpretation by me. I yep. found it very funny because there, there was like an episode where there was some potential like diplomacy going on. And they had some krill on Earth, and they were showing them like a Broadway show, which was Annie. And he mentions that terrible, haunting song, The Sun Will Come Out no. Tomorrow. Because <laughs> the sun is a would terrible be scary omen, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's like omen of, it's a symbol of death. <laughs> well, I mean, their world looks like Night City, like kind of, yeah. when, you, when you go down there. It's like, oh, it's Coruscant at night all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, it's because it's like, it's like locked, like it's only half dark and half light or the sun no, no, only. No, there's, like... there's a big cloud cover. Right. Okay. Like, That's it, right. It, and so they didn't, it's it just so they're, they're scary looking and they're obviously, but there's, there is nuance there, especially and we learn more about them when the Kalon become a bigger threat. And also, they're everyone. not like assholes to a man or anything. There are plenty, you meet plenty of them oh, yeah. that are like just completely normal people who are like, hey man, I just live here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I have to I have to shovel the party line, Yeah, but I don't believe yeah. in this. And, well, and there are a lot of like, hey, I have to, I follow the party line because if I don't, well. <laughs> yep. Well, and the thing is like the people who rise up in the ranks are more the true believers. Yeah. Yes. Well, especially when she... What is that character's name? It bothers me that I can't remember. No, that's... I watch so many shows and yeah. things that They've I... They've all blurred together. Characters. It's like the one with glasses. The annoying blonde one from yeah, the yeah, third yeah. season. And, and so her... It just, it's a good, complicated story. And again, this is one of those things of Seth and the writers don't let anything fall away. They use it later for one reason or another. Sometimes it's for funny things and, and interesting things. 
like Gordo who sends the sandwich three months into the future. Yeah. It's like in three like, months, well, I'm going to love that I have a surprise sandwich. We are so going to see it. Like, I was like, and I knew for a fact, like, the, they, they will not let a single thing lie. They were, they were carrying, they carry, to their credit, carried storylines from episode one to the last episode in some mm-hmm. cases and let you see kind of lots of stops along the uh, way which I actually was- i like that you mentioned that because episode one is we meet i think her name is uh, the new girl that ends at, at the end of season one from the 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 primitive world liara oh no oh is it Lear? oh no no the, the girl from the primitive world sorry yeah different yeah. person different person that yeah. poor woman and but she's from episode like literally episode one and then she shows up at towards the end of episode season three and it's a very interesting perspective on like quote-unquote a modern person being thrust 500 years into the future. Yes. And uh, the girl the woman's uh, character is Talea, by the way. Talea. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, like, just, yeah, it's a really good show. There's a lot of really interesting storylines. They do a really good job with continuity and storylines while having an epi- episodic Star Trek show. Also, the season three wedding was just oh. so fun. <laughs> to which I was just like, I'm, you know, I won't spoil what happens for anyone who wants to watch it, but I want to be like, Man, he should probably call somebody about his guests, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I said. And thankfully, they were like, hey, could you call command and be like, by the way, we're not at war. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I absolutely adored when, when, when Isaac explained the situation to his, his superiors. I was like, oh, I know where this is going. And, and like, it will be hilarious. Yeah, I, yeah. It was actually kind of funny that after the Kalon, like, stopped being the villains, they are kind of, li- as a as a group, they're likable. Like, they're yeah. kind of likable because they're Bleepboard bots. Mm-hmm. In a yeah. lot of ways, they've got a lot of Bleepboard humor. Yeah, because uh, they don't, because part of the humor of the show is, oh, this alien race, either we don't get their customs or they don't get our customs. Oh, let's see how this interacts. It's all cultural clash stuff. And there was some a little bit of anti Kalon racism from one character who had an arc in season three. It was mostly fine. Like, yeah, we who, her reasoning for doing so was completely justifiable. And then her arc was very interesting. And that oh, was that. So before we wrap up, because I know we've been running long and we have a thousand stories from this show. One of the most ex- unexpected out of the blue storyline that I wasn't expecting was porn addiction. Yeah, hmm. that was like. Are, we're, that's what we're going with? Okay. Well, just talking about how the real problem with the holodeck. Yeah, what, <laughs> yes. what would be the problem with the holodeck? Oh, yep. well, there would be some people who wouldn't leave it. Like, they yeah. would rather be dead than leave. Yeah, yeah because it's 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 the ultimate fantasy brought to life. I can imagine that if there are personal, like, in-home ones, which they never said whether they were military craft or not, like military craft only, or... But if there are like home holodecks, that's probably like an epidemic issue, health issue on Earth, I imagine. Because well, they also four hundred years of like psychological like development, universal health care. Like, there's a lot of like a lot of the, the 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 reasons you would want you would possibly fall into that fall away pretty quickly. Yeah, but because of though. yeah, no, yeah, but fucking yeah. though. No, I mean, yeah. is, you can fuck not, if you can fuck holograms of, of any type or choosing and no one will judge you and no one will think it's like a problem and the cleanup's completely on, on the holodeck for some reason. I don't understand. Let's not think too hard about but, how but it I liked it that I was like that the computer got a virus from it. That that just made me super happy. And Bordis, like, 
got he got he got the he got wrong he got just trounced for it too, which I absolutely adored. It wasn't like oh Bordis. It was like no, we should court martial you right the fuck now. Like for everything that you just we just went through, we should just. Apparently it's, like, apparently it's a government job just hard as hell to get fired from <laughs> yeah. well he's also really good other than this one problem he's pretty good at uh, his job yeah usually people who are like exos and like high-end guys yeah they can skate also mocklin uh, smoking is also one of the hilarious oh my things God, in the universe what a joy what a joy Wait, that was and i also want what borders to have his mustache back uh, I secretly want his stash back. Fortissimo. <laughs> yeah, he looked great. I want him with a cigarette in his mouth, and it would be perfect. Uh, just... I think I think the one thing to leave this on also that we haven't really talked about is, especially as it goes on, this is a pretty-ass show. It like, is very, yeah. Like yeah. The, the, the effects, the costuming, the sets. Big um, money on like, the third season. Big yeah, money. Yeah, they spent a lot of money on the third they season. They had space battles and big. shit that were actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they still look like cartoons and stuff, but it was still like fun to watch like yeah like like obviously you can see in season one season two they're they're more limited budget they're doing the classic trick thing oh look we're in california we're we're walking and talking we're walking and and talking talking in california but they do well with what they have and then in season three when they get more more money they're able to put a little more spit and polish on everything what makes it even look even better the only thing that it it would be a perfect show to me if they had just made up like every episode instead of referencing a a 19 a a millennial pop culture reference replace one to two millennial pop culture references per episode with a pop culture reference from something that hasn't happened yet yeah and oh yeah yeah it, insert insert that, the 2022 like 2200s or 2300s yeah just like hey talk about a book no one ever talked about before you know i bet i bet there's been a lot of interesting books written about mm-hmm. diplomacy science yeah, and i bet popular culture still exists is what uh, i'm saying there's tv and movies why don't you talk about any of those or a, i will say the most groaning funny but also groan worthy for me was the running dolly parton references <laughs> yeah that was i great. loved it i yeah, loved it a, and also hated it all at the same as time. as a mixture like in complete opposition to what i just said <laughs> i loved it yeah it's <laughs> still Interesting. Dolly is one of our our greatest saints. I, yes, it's true. Her right, reading Matthew, nine to five. We're done. All right, we're done. Everyone, okay. we everyone, talking. We just keep talking because we like to talk, and it's a good show. You should go watch it. So, from everyone here at Apollo Edrin, go watch the Orville, and maybe go roll some dice.